chapter number 7, we're going to begin down around verse number 14. I'm going to read a little bit of this to you and ask you if you remember it, if you recognize it. Romans 7 and 14, I know all God's commands are spiritual, but I'm not. Isn't this also your experience? Yes, I'm full of myself after all. I've spent a lot of time in sin's prison. What I don't understand about myself is what I decide to do one thing, but I do another, doing things that I despise. Reading out of the wrong Bible. We recognize things that are wrong. We recognize things that are different. And that was way out yonder. Now from the King James Version Bible, the Romans in chapter number 7, verse number 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come together, God, to worship you. We thank you for the revival, for the missionaries that's come this week. God, I pray that that you would look down, that you would bless their mission in a special way. Each and every one that's come, God, those that are out in the field serving you, God, doing your work, Lord, I pray that you would be with each and every one of them. Lord, help us all that we could see your call on our life even clearer, God, that we would never run from you, that we wouldn't hide from you, God, that we could allow ourselves to be submitted unto you each and every day. Lord, I pray that you'd help us tonight as we look into your word, God, that we could do so with open hearts, open minds, that we'd be able to be spiritually fed here tonight by your word, by your Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us throughout the remainder of this week. Help each and every one of us, God, that we could see the sin in our life. God, that we could see the, the fleshly man that we fight against, Lord, that we could turn it over to you. Lord, most of all, I pray that there be a lost one among us this afternoon that has not yet turned their life over to you. God, help them to see their sinful condition. God, help them to see their lost condition, bound for hell. Lord, that they can see it clearly and they can see your plan of salvation, Christ lifted up on the cross, risen again from the grave. God, that they can believe on him as your Savior before it be everlasting too late. Forgive us so we fail you. Thank you most of all for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. So that excerpt I read just to get started that Brother David so skillfully caught was from a, a very, very perverted version of the Bible that came out. They don't put Holy Bible on the front of it, and I think that that is fitting because it is not, in fact, holy in any portion of it. But, uh, but it's from the Message Bible, and, and, and we all kind of, I got some looks, but we all kind of seen it whenever, whenever I started reading it. We recognized it as wrong, right? We, we recognize that it's wrong. And, and a lot of times in our life, we see things as wrong. And then we do them anyway. We see things as something that we ought not do, and we do it anyway. And, and I know I'm not the only person here that's guilty of that, and I'm going to use an example that no doubt the majority of us are guilty of is eating that one more piece of cake, that one more piece of pie, that one more hot dog, that, that one more, and it just, oh my goodness, it hurts us. We know we don't need it. We know we ought not do it. And yet we do it anyway. Here Paul, here Paul is saying that, that we all are going to sin. We all are going to mess up. 
Because we do not yet have that perfect body that, that God has promised us. We're not yet perfect. We were born into sin because we are born of a woman. That, that, that's it. If, if you're not born of a woman, then, then you probably have not sinned. But if you're born of a woman, you, you have sinned. Uh, the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the Bible also says that while we were yet sinners, Christ loved us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And because of that, we can have salvation through Jesus Christ, God's Son. Amen. And upon that salvation, we, we have the Holy Spirit that comes and dwells within each and every one of us. But that does not at any point in time make us sinless. Amen. Being saved does not completely and totally rid us of the devil. Matter of fact, it does, a, it does exactly the opposite. It puts a target on our back. As saved people, we are promised multiple times throughout the Bible, that we will endure temptation, that we will be tried, that we will uh, have trouble, that we will be persecuted of this world because we are different, because we serve a God who is different. But the thing about it is, is, is that we like to sin. We may not like to appear, but we like to sin. We like that extra piece of pie. We like that extra piece of cake. We like to do things that we know we ought not do, but we do them anyway. That's what Paul is trying to get over to him here. He said, we know the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. No matter how much that we try to do, how righteous we try to be, how much we come to church, we will always inhabit a sinful body. Jesus said to crucify the flesh daily. He said to take up our cross daily and follow him. That taking up our cross and following Jesus, the call that Jesus puts on our life, we may answer that call, but we have to surrender to him daily. We have to make up our mind to, to follow God daily. We have to. There's no ifs, ands, buts about it. Paul said, I am carnal, sold under sin. And here we go, that verse that is so very difficult to decipher, verse number 15. And we're going to take it one I do and I allow at a time. For that which I do... I allow not. And that word allow there comes from a, a translation that means to intellectually know. To 100% know. That which I do, for I allow or I know or that I realize that I recognize not. For that which I would, those things that I want to do, that I do not. Because inside our body, inside our heart, each and every day, there is a battle going on for what's going to happen. Amen. For what we're going to do. You ever been driving down the road? You, 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 know, you know which way to go. And your wife says, hey, make a left here. That's when that conflict begins. It begins right there. And you have from wherever you're sitting to wherever that left is to make up your mind which direction you're going to go. Smart man will go left. All the rest of us will suffer later. Every day in our life, we have to make that decision between here and the next few minutes, which direction we're going to go. Are we going to follow God? Are we going to listen to the call that he's put on our life? Are we going to allow him to lead in our life? He wants to. He wants to take care of us. He wants to protect us. We won't let him. He wants us to live a, a life, a perfect life, as Paul says, to strive toward perfection. He wants us to do that. But we won't let him. Bless you. We won't let him take control of our life. I know a lot of a lot of pictures are going over Facebook, and there's one that I really like. I saw a week or two ago. It was a little bitty kid, a little bitty kid, holding up a sign. It said, 
Jesus no longer needs to only take the wheel. He needs to turn around and whoop some people with a flip-flop. <laughs> a lot of times, that is, that is what we need. Amen. A lot of times, that is exactly what we need. Because I feel like the, the toddler that's on the, the, the baseball field and hits the ball and standing there looking around, maybe reach down and get him a handful of dirt. Everybody in the standings is screaming, run, 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 run. And I imagine that's what God is doing sitting here looking at my life. Me sitting here picking up dirt, sitting here doing everything but running toward first base. Exactly where I need to be, exactly where everybody else knows I should be, exactly where God is telling me to be, but I don't want to go. Because the sand is more interesting. How many times do we get distracted by the sand, the things in this world? We know what we're supposed to do. We know what God has called us to do. We know the direction that God has taken for our life, but we absolutely refuse to do it. It's easy to do. It's really easy. How many people started their diet on January 1st this year? How many people lasted to February 1st? Yeah, be either. You know, the best day to start your diet is tomorrow, right? It's the best day to start your diet. But that does not work with serving God. The best day to start serving God was yesterday. And we missed it. Which means that now is the time. Now is, and Paul says that he... He says that we should present our bodies a living sacrifice. That is our reasonable service. That is reasonable. That, 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 we, we can't repay God for what he's given us. We can't repay God for his son that he sent to die for us. We can't repay God for the sacrifice that he made for our sins. We can't repay Jesus for the hell that he suffered on our account. And yet our reasonable sacrifice is to live for him, allow our bodies to be used for his honor, for his glory, for his good, and yet we still want that extra cupcake. We want that donut. We want the things the world offers. We want to stay home. We don't want to go. We, it's embarrassing to talk to people about Jesus. You know, it is extremely easy to sing Amazing Grace inside this church house. It's easy. It's easy to ask somebody about Christ inside this church house. It's hard out there. But you know why rocket scientists get paid so much money? Because it's hard. We won't get paid in, in cash to live for God down here. But we will up there. He said, for we lay treasures up in heaven. Nobody can steal them. Nothing can happen to it. Yet all too many times, we... maybe you've seen it. There's a game. It's the three cup game. They got three cups and, and you take a... a $5 bill and you slip under one cup, you leave the other two cups down. You take the $5 bill, you slip under that cup and you take that cup and you move it all the way to the end. You move the other two cups down and you ask the person to cross from you. If you find the $5 bill, you can keep it. They flip over the cup and they find the $5 bill. And then you flip over the other two cups and there's $300 underneath them. And they feel dumb. Us choosing the things of this world is us choosing that $5. Us choosing the things that we can see rather than believe in God whenever He tells us, you really want this other cup. You really want the things that I have to offer. You really want the, the life that I can give you. Because this life down here is, is short. It's a vapor. Bailey made six months old last week. Six months flew by. Some of you in this church are a few years older than I am. It's flown by. I didn't think that I was as old as I was. I was in... Service last Sunday, a guy that coached me in baseball. He's got three kids growing up. He, he keeps saying he's getting old. He's lost a lot of his hair. 
He still looks young. He was made to comment on how old he is. I said, man, you keep talking about how old you are and it makes me feel older. Time flies by. We can't get it back. And, and there's going to come a day that this life is over. The time to prepare for glory is over. And what have we done for God? Year may have been two years ago, Brother Paul Swanky was here. He preached about that bank account in heaven. What have we deposited? How often do we make a deposit? We're all the time wanting to make a withdrawal. We're all the time asking God to, to help me, to, to be with me, to bless me, to lead me, to guide me. But how many times do we listen to him? God says go. Are we like Jonah? Do we strike out and go the wrong direction? Yeah. Are we like Abraham? God told him to go offer his son and he got up early in the morning. He got up early. I don't get up early for much. But Abraham got up early when God told him to go offer his son. Do we get up early for God? Paul said those things which I want to do. A lot of times I don't. He said the things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Why is that? Why do we find ourselves wanting to, to do missions and wanting to make it to church on time and wanting to always be at Sunday school and yet something always comes up. Why is that? Happens to me too. There's a thousand reasons of why I can be late to church. And only one of why I have to be on time to church. And that is because God deserves it. And so much more. But still we find ourselves showing up late. There's a thousand reasons of why I should not try to share the gospel with people I see each and every day. And only one reason of why I should is because God told me to. And a lot of times we find ourselves falling in traps to, and we don't share God. We don't share the gospel. We want to. We know we're supposed to. We get all in. I mean, we can sure enough worship inside this church house, but we don't sing Amazing Grace on our job site. At least not where nobody can hear us. We can talk to people about God in, in this church and, and in the fellowship hall over a, a tub of ice cream, but we don't want to talk to them by the water cooler at work. We can invite family members to everywhere, to everything, to showers, to birthday parties, and we don't invite them to church. We know we should, we know we want to, and a lot of times we don't. It's because this carnal nature, because this fleshly man that lives within me has won that day. It's because we have allowed him to come between us and God, because we have allowed what I want, what I desire, what I don't want, I feel embarrassed. So... I have better things to do. So? I don't want to. So? <laughs> That's what toddlers do. Yeah. I don't want to wear my shoes. God sees us that way sometimes. Yeah. Rightfully yeah. so. A lot of times we find ourselves, and, and that's what Paul is saying here. He said we know to do good and we don't do it. We know what we're not supposed to do, and we do it anyway. Right. Because we're weak. We are not strong with God like we are supposed to be. Read down to verse number 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. If we allow the fleshly man to take over every day, there's nothing that's good that can come out of it. Amen. Nothing at all. Because in this fleshly man is no good thing. It's, it's destined to burn up. It's, it's, it's gone. In our flesh there is no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. That will to want to do is in me. I want to lose weight. 
but I'm still going to eat that bag of chips. I want to lose weight, but I'm still going to eat that donut. I want to go to church, but I'm still going to sleep late. I want to spread the gospel, but I'm just not going to spread it with anybody that I know because I don't want to be embarrassed. I know I'm supposed to, to be helping with missions and supporting missions. I know I'm supposed to do this, but I, I'm, I'm going to wait and do it down the road. When it's more convenient, I have a lot going on right now. We know what we're supposed to do and we don't do it. We know what God has called us to do and we don't do it. Verse number 24. O wretched man that I am. There's an exclamation, uh, exclamation point immediately following that. Paul is saying that not only as a statement, he's saying it as an exclamatory statement. He's saying it with a punch at the end. He said, O wretched man that I am, to live in sin's misery, to fight every day to do that which God has called me to do, to be that which God has called me to be, is a struggle. It's not supposed to be easy. If life was a bed of roses, God wouldn't tell us over and over in his Bible to cast our cares upon him. Brother Keith preached all week. He'd let go and let God. We wouldn't need to do that if following him was easy. We could do it on our own if it was easy. It's not. We can't. And we need to get past that. That I can't do it by myself because everything that is within me, within my fleshly body, is bad, is evil. There's no good things. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the answer to his question. So then with the mind I find, uh, excuse me, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Every morning we're going to hit a crossroads whenever we wake up. And it's whether or not we're going to allow ourselves to follow this body of sin or to serve the law of God. Every day. Every moment of every day. We can make our mind up that morning that, that we're going to do what God wants us to do. And we still have to do it over again. We still have to fight that battle. We still have to make our mind up to serve God in the afternoon. It's not something we can do one time and it be over with. Salvation one and done. God's perfect plan. Serving Him, not so much. It's a daily battle. It is something that we fight. Flip over, if you would, to 1 Timothy. It's something that we fight with every day. And I hate to say it, it's true. There are a lot of people that lose that fight. That give in to that temptation to want to sin. To, to want to do evil, to want to run from God. You know, when people start running from God, God gets their attention. God got Jonah's attention. God got David's attention. God got Peter's attention. There are people that continue to run. And Paul writes to Timothy telling them about them. In chapter number 4 of the book of 1 Timothy, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. That departing of faith is, is those Christians that lose the fight with the fleshly man. Departing from the faith is not people that just refuse to get saved. To depart from something means that you've already been there. If I depart from Bible Baptist Church, I leave. I was here. 
So to depart from the faith means that someone already had to have the faith to already be in the faith to already be saved. These are Christians that give up on God. Amen. God hasn't given up on us. Why don't we give up on Him? I ask myself the question all the time and I preached on out of Harmony Sunday. If we gave God the amount of, excuse me, if God gave us the amount of seconds that we give Him, what kind of day would we have? If God gave us the amount of dollars that we give Him, how well off would we be? If God spent as much time thinking about us as we do thinking about Him, will we always be on His mind? In the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. Say people are losing that battle with, with sin every day. They're losing that battle with themselves every day. Church people, deacons, preachers, pastors, evangelists, missionaries, people, us, me, you, lose that fight. That don't mean it's over. You've heard the statement, and I know you have, you you may have won the battle, but I'm going to win the war. I've read the back of this book. We win. We're going to win the war. But the Bible says that we are to run our race to the finish. That we are to endure. That we are to keep the faith. That we are to be strong in the faith. That does not stop when things get difficult. That does not stop when the world says, you can't do this. God said, go. God said, do. God said to preach, to teach. God said to be a witness. One of the last things that Jesus said was to be a witness unto me. How many people do we witness to Jesus to, to about Jesus today? How often do we tell people about Jesus? Because if we're not, then, then the sinly, sinful man is winning that battle. If we're more concerned about the the things that we have here materialistically, the things that are going to burn up and eventually come to naught. If we're more concerned about that than the things of God, we're in trouble. That fleshly man is winning. Amen. If we're more concerned about what people are going to think of me, what they're going to talk about me, I'm going to be embarrassed. The fleshly man is winning. The Bible says a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. But that good name does not mean winning the world's favor. It don't mean to, to be somebody who tickles the world's ears. We got enough of those people. Amen. The Bible says to speak the truth. A lot of times we read the Bible, and, and I'm guilty of it myself, and we read it and we take it one of two directions. And we have to be very, very careful. Because we are a sinful, a sinful nature, the Bible is perfect. So whenever we read it, it conflicts with our life. So whenever we read God's Word, we find ourselves in one of two situations. We either either offended or convicted. Because the Bible's going to show us where we're wrong. The Bible's going to show us where we should be serving God. The Bible's going to show us where we should be reaching out, where we should be being a witness, where we should be giving back to God, how we should be praying, we should be worshiping, we should be singing. We should be living for Him. And we're going to take that one of two ways. We're going to get offended and we're going to go cry like a liberal in the corner. Oh, it hurt my feelings. Now, a lot of people are taking it that way right now. Yeah. The Bible is harsh. Let's rewrite it. And we'll take hell out. And we'll take Satan out. And we'll put God is love. And there are millions of people in this world today that is, has gone for that. God is love. He won't send me to hell. 
God won't. God won't send a single person to hell. If you're here and unsaved this afternoon, God will not send you to hell. You make that decision on your own. Amen. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Luke. In chapter number 13. God does not send a single person to hell. If you're here and unsaved, that, that fleshly man is telling you that, that, that you don't need to get saved right now. Fleshly man is of sin. They'll be tomorrow. They'll be the next day. It can't be as easy as believing on Jesus. What are people going to think? All of that is lies. Excuses. It's not of the word. Luke in chapter 13, verse number 10. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. He laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. This woman was in a helpless condition. As human beings saved or lost, we are completely and totally helpless without God. Amen. If you're here and saved and you're trying to get back on track on your own, you're doing it wrong. If you're trying to get back closer to God by yourself, you are doing it wrong. If you're here and you're lost and unsaved, if you hadn't believed in Jesus Christ as your Savior because you think that, that because you live a good life, God is going to get you to heaven, no, you're wrong. Amen. If you think that there's a prayer that you can repeat without meaning it in your heart, you're wrong. If you think that you can buy your way to heaven, you're wrong. If you think that a just God won't send me to heaven, you're wrong. Well, I live as good as these other people. It don't matter. Amen. You're lying to yourself. You are completely and totally helpless. This woman could not in no wise lift up herself. We cannot do it ourselves. We can't. I'm sure she tried for 18 years. I'm sure she tried and she could not do it. We cannot lift ourselves up. We cannot overcome this man of sin on our own. We like to sin too much. How do we overcome it? The same way the woman overcome her spirit of infirmity. Jesus called to her. Jesus calls to each and every one of us, and we don't listen. We don't. Oftentimes, we don't hear what God wants, what God is saying, because we're too busy trying to tell Him what we think He should say. We don't hear what God is saying because we've already made up our mind what He needs to say. God don't work that way. Amen. It's a good thing. Jesus saw her, called her to him. Jesus is calling each and every one of us to him today. If you're here and saved, Jesus is calling you to live a life pleasing to God. Calling you to live a life submitted to God. If you're here and unsaved, Jesus is calling you for the, for the saving of your soul. Could be the first time, could be the last time. Because there will be a last time. Yeah. He came and he said unto her, Woman, thine. Thou art loosed from thine infirmity. I believe that this woman came to him whenever he called. It said he laid his hands on her and immediately, 100%, she was delivered. She was made straight. She was loosed from her bonds. Turn over, if you would, to the book of 1 John. The book of 1 John, there's a lot of things that can keep us from being an effective servant of God. 
One is giving in to that fleshly man. And we all do it. But the other is staying giving in to that fleshly man. Is staying in that condition. Is not coming to God. Is not coming back. Let's read it. Verse number 8. 1 John chapter 1, verse number 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us, saved and lost people. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We are lying to ourselves. Look in the mirror and point at yourself and say you are a liar, because we are. If we think that we do not sin, saved and lost, we all sin. But that next verse is the kicker. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we... We mess up. Not yet. When? When we mess up, it is our decision to stay there or to ask God to forgive us and to use our life for His honor and glory. That's our decision. That's what it all comes down to. You tell, I'm sure you tell your kids, when you fall down, what do you got to do? What we tell them that it is sports. When you fall down, it's, it's not about how many times you fall down. It's about how many times you get back up. It's not about how many times we sin. It's about how many times we come back to God for forgiveness. Amen. Because He has promised to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. To forgive us. And He will. Amen. Paul was a terrible, terrible, terrible man. Read through the New Testament. You can throw a rock at the New Testament. You'll hit something Paul wrote. He was a terrible man. God forgave him. Amen. The city of Nineveh was a terrible, terrible, terrible city. God forgave them. Amen. God spared them. Lot was a terrible man. He was a saved man. But he was a terrible man. God delivered him. There is no sin that, that you can have on you right now. There is no sin that, that we can get bogged down in. There is no amount of Temptation and, and distractions that we can get caught up in in this world that we cannot come back to God. That's right. He calls us and we don't answer. That's on us. He asks us to come back to Him and we don't ask for forgiveness. That's on us. God asks to use our life. He asks us to present ourselves a living sacrifice and we don't. That's on us. If you're here and saved and you're wandered away from God, if, if there's something in your life that's holding you back, from the calling that God has on your life. All you got to do is ask God to forgive you. He'll, he'll turn you loose. Whatever it is that's holding you back. Brother Keith said, let go and let God. The verse says, cast your care upon Him. For He cares for you. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. He wants it. He wants to help us. He wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. He wants us to live a submitted life unto Him. But it, it's all based on us. It's all about that free will. We know what is right. We know what is wrong. And it's our decision. It's our choice. It is our responsibility as Christians to choose that which is right. Amen. If you're here and unsaved this afternoon, you're living in that which is wrong. You're living a life that will get you nowhere short of hell. That's, that's as far as you're going to make it. If you choose to stay lost in this world, God won't send you to hell. He'll allow you to go there. That's right. And so you better live the best life that you can possibly live here. Because it's all pain and suffering and torments. The Bible says it's weeping and gnashing of teeth. For the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. Right. That is hell. 
And this life is the best that you're ever going to get until you believe Jesus Christ is your Savior. Amen. And if you die without that, it's, it's pain and suffering forever. Our mind can't comprehend eternity. Go to Jimmy's bumper sticker. It said, an eternity in hell is a long time to be wrong. An eternity in hell is a long time to almost want to be saved. An eternity in hell is a long time to almost give our life to God. The Bible says in John 3 and 16, For God so loved the world, that's, that's me, that's you, Amen. that he gave his only begotten Son, the most precious thing to him. Amen. For God so loved us, me and you, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, that's anybody, there's no one out of his reach, nobody here that cannot be saved, believeth in him. That's it. Believe. It don't get any more complicated than that. That's as far as it goes. Believe in him. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is a promise. That is a guarantee. That's not Amen. something that's almost. That's not something that's close. I tell you, it's, it's hard to trust people today. You used to conceal the deal with a handshake, and now people will shake your hand and shake your hand with one hand and stab you with the other hand. They'll get you. God ain't like that. God said, You shall be saved. He said, You shall have everlasting life, and it is forever. And that everlasting life can't be taken away from you. It's a once saved, always saved. It's sealed to the day of redemption. And I beg of you, if you're here and unsaved this afternoon, believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you're here and you are saved and you've wandered away from God, come back to God. We know what is right. All we have to do is do it. Or we have verse for something. Let's say that, please.